Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? I don't care what you've heard. It is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat fan. And that has a lot to do with the work, the tremendous work of of a team. A team that is creative, a team that is essential to what has become the juggernaut at the University of Cincinnati, the marketing arm, the creative marketing arm of the University of Cincinnati sports teams. Who do we have, who, who do we have with us here today? We were we were joined. We were we were fortunate enough to be joined by the big wigs of the athletic department's creative team, Dan Phillips, the associate AD and chief creative officer. Or, or because he doesn't like to be called Chief, Big Boss Man. <laughs> also, the other technical name you can call him from now on. Uh, and also Spencer Tuckerman, the Director of Digital Media and Strategy, also formerly of Ovarsity. Beloved Ovarsity, everybody's uh, favorite Bearcats content site that, that doesn't exist anymore. But look, folks. Spoiler alert, we asked the tough questions on this podcast. We asked about it, and it comes at the very end of the podcast. You'll have to just tune in. Stick around. Stick, stick around, around to the end. I, I just recommend you do that. Um, fun conversation, though, Hummer. This was a fun conversation with Dan and Spencer about, about their joining this athletic department back in 2019 and everything they've been able to do with the creative team. Uh, we obviously talk a lot about this throwback uniform night that we just had with Memphis, uh, where the Bearcats you know, have different, they have these throwback uniforms on, but also the scoreboard is customized and you have special cups and the court, you know, and they just tons of, of very cool details. And you hear about their process, everything that went into that and, and really what they're trying to do as a creative team in terms of uplifting the University of Cincinnati athletics brand. Great conversation. I hope everybody likes it. Um, any other thoughts on it, Hummer, or should we just get to it? Let it rip. Let's do it without further ado. Dan Phillips and Spencer Tuckerman. We are now joined by Dan Phillips, Associate AD, Chief Creative Officer, and Spencer Tuckerman, Digital, sorry, Director of Digital Media and Strategy. I knew I would mess those up, but gotta, Spencer and gotta Dan. Gotta get the director in there. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. Happy to be here. So we've got happy to be here with Dan. Is this your first podcast, Dan? Yeah, it's my first podcast, buddy. Let's go. Wow. How many podcasts is for you? I mean, I have no idea. Oh, Should I've done I... hundred of these things. Oh, wow. I'm going to go there, but that's okay. All right, one to a hundred. So Spencer's master of the medium. Dan, a little bit more of a, of a novice. This is a new thing for you. So, you know, the way it goes is anything you say will be published. We don't edit ever. And it's, it's raw and unfiltered. So uh, your career is on the line here. Okay, we'll be careful. So before we, before we get uh, too much into it here, I wanted to give you both a chance to introduce yourselves, and it also allows folks on the line to calibrate to each of your voices. Anytime you've got a four-person podcast, you're risking not knowing who's, ex who's exactly is talking at any given time. So Dan, how about you kick things off and tell people a little bit about yourself, your role at UC, and, uh, and maybe how you became such an avid backer and, and fan of UC Sports. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, I'm Dan Phillips. I, um, uh, I've, I live in Loveland. We bought a house uh, in October during all the craziness. Like no, the Notre Dame game was the day after we, we moved into this house. Um, and uh, it, it, was, it just added to the wildest year ever. Um, but uh, I live, you know, here with my wife and we have two kids uh my daughter just turned two and little boy is seven and they're everything they're just everything i love them to death um and uh i um you know i've been working as a you know professional graphic designer for gosh i guess 12 years now i graduated from uc in 2008 i'm a dap grad um i um I could, I could talk to him blue in the face about what that program 
means to me and what what it did for me and um man there's just so many <laughs> good bear cats along the way that that uh, showed me the way and um you know i i worked for a company called infinite scale in salt lake city and they specialize in sports branding and design and putting on big sporting events and that kind of thing so i was with them for over 10 years and the only thing I think I would have ever left that for was this. Um, and, you know, I think the fandom for the Bearcats went through the roof right about the time I graduated. And that's when we were kind of kicking into the Orange Bowl and, you know, that team, everything. Like, it just, it, it, it was the best. So, <laughs> um that's can confirm those spot. were good times. I can confirm those were, good those, those were fun times. I like how you bring yeah. that up. Like a lot of people, like you see the fans trying to arm, you know, arms race of like, oh, I've been, I've been a UC football fan since you know the '80s, and you know when there yeah. was no one in the stands. And it's like, all right, let's all be real. All right, modern UC football started in the 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's I'll let's say be this. real. <laughs> like, so I was, you know, I was a DAP student. It's a five-year program. I lived on campus. I'm from Cincinnati. Um, I mean, when I lived in Utah, I was like a walking Cincinnati billboard. Like I looked like this all the time. <laughs> and, um, you know, I uh, like, ah, she wasn't going to say. Um, well, for those listening, Dan is, I mean, most people are just going to hear this. I, this. I doubt the video ever makes the light of day, but Dan is, is head to toe right now in UC gear, extremely <laughs> crispy hat. Got the the college football playoff jumper on or the hoodie on. You're you are you're a walking billboard and the red beats by Dre. It's a, it's a good impressive look. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, I know what I was gonna say. Um, when I was in school, everything was about, um, you know, giving my best to that program and being the best designer I could be. And um, I I wasn't truly into UC sports and. I don't know if my buddy Kevin listened to this podcast or not, but I give him a lot of credit for always beating it into me to go to games and, um, you know, to embrace, he's from Milwaukee. Like he, and he just, he, he lives in LA now. He loves UC so much. So I actually worked on that orange bowl in my first year with infinite scale, just fortunately that lined up and uh, I got a piece that was created for the orange bowl and I sent it to him because you know he's he always stayed on me about you know loving the bearcats and boy do we ever now yeah it's uh it, it's it's a nice origin story for you uh everyone knows about the uh the the esteemed dat program and so i appreciate that rundown about about your sort of journey as a as a uc student and now is now alumni but also employee um I didn't provide any background, Spencer. I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself as well, but I wanted to let folks know my introduction was poor and there will be, <laughs> we're going to go back and go, but essentially we've got Dan and Spencer on both part of the creative team at, at UC. And so essentially you guys are going to do a better job than myself explaining what all that entails. Usually like the, the person I know the best in that department at this point is Eichel. Uh, we had him on the podcast. We've gone back and forth. And anytime I'm posting about, anything related to the work you guys are doing i'm always sending him like a clarifying note and dm saying like so is this technically bearcats digital who should i be tagging so you guys are <laughs> going to help clarify that but essentially it's been a very concerted effort by the athletic department to create a bigger more creative more more stylistic i, I use a bunch of descriptive words but it's essentially a bigger social media presence with video content social content audio content, like you name it, that's what you're going to describe to us. So that's the reason for the podcast is to better understand that you just had this huge throwback night uh, against Memphis that both of you had a big hand in. So it really the conversation is about that aspect of the athletic department. So let me, let me add a little more context to what we're doing here. And, and Spencer, you can go ahead and let people know about, about your history with UC. Cool. Yeah. So I'm Spencer. Um, I, I'm a UC grad. Uh, I did not grow up in Cincinnati. I grew up in Cleveland, although I do have a lot of uh, Cincinnati background. Uh, my grandparents have lived in Cincinnati for their whole lives. My parents met at UC. Um, 
my two younger uh, sisters graduated from UC. Um, me and my wife went to UC together. Um, so a lot of UC in my family. Uh, I graduated from UC in 2015, huge uh, sports fan all through, all through school, like diehard. Um, there are semesters where I maybe wasn't doing so great in school. And I was joking that I was majoring in Bearcats basketball. Um, but I, I did, I was able to graduate. Um, and I went uh, to Columbus for a little bit to work in graphic design and marketing. And then um, my, the role I'm in now uh, opened up and someone reached out and said, Hey, would, would you have any interest in uh, applying for this? And I was like, yeah, I don't know, like mixing, you know, hobby and career. I'm not sure how good that would be. Um, and then I've told Dan the story. I, I saw Dan had just gotten hired there and I was like, well, shoot, I know who Dan is. If they're bringing Dan on, they're clearly doing something. So like, I want to be part of that. Um, so I, uh, I was hired in September of 2019. Um, and it's been nothing but crazy since, um, I mean, the last three years is so eventful. Um, but what I do now is I, uh, primarily social media. I oversee the main Go Bearcats accounts and then um, the men's basketball accounts. Um, and then dabble in and some other things, some writing and some graphic design. And um, I do a lot of the press conferences and odds and ends like that. And, and one thing you didn't mention that we probably should, and, and we'll get to eventually in more detail, <laughs> but you kind of went from, I went, I graduated from UC I, I got a job in graphic design. I got a job at UC doing, you know, you're, I'm a director now. But what you didn't mention is that in the, in, during that time, you started OVarsity, which was, you know, let's, let's face it, the most prestigious Cincinnati Bearcats <laughs> blog or, you know, just it has, it has a rabid following and people are tweeting at you yeah. constantly about it and where it's gone and what's happening. And we'll get to that. But I just, I think yeah. people should probably know also that background that you are, or maybe you're assuming it. Like maybe that's just, that's what you, that's how it is with you. Look, like, no, I'm Spencer. Everybody knows I'm a varsity. That's what it is. Uh, no, not at this point. I mean, it's, it's been a couple of years. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume any sort of status attached to my name. Um, yeah. So. Oh, it's there. It's there. I mean, we put out a feeler on Twitter and I think the second question we got is when is Ovarsity coming back? Followed by came here to ask this. <laughs> So yeah, for those who don't know, um, my junior year at UC, I started Ovarsity. So being from Cleveland, all my high school friends, my friend group from back home was Ohio State fans. I wanted someone to be able to chat UC stuff with. So I just started a Twitter account that was UC focused. Um, and then it started sort of amassing a following. I'd always enjoyed writing. So in 2016, maybe I started a blog attached to that. And I think that's sort of when, um, when it took off in terms of following. And that was super cool. Um, and that's the only reason I have this current job. I, I would not have got in on, on resume. <laughs> I had, I had a, a, a track record of um, sort of being able to speak Bearcats language uh, to an audience. And so that's why I'm here. So you're the Bearcat version of like Joe Rogan, you know, prior to this Jeez. controversy where he's just, he's just making a, he's just putting himself on camera. Right. He just put himself on camera and he gets he gets picked up for millions and millions of dollars. You just put your thoughts out there on Twitter and you see is like, hey, you want a job? I mean, that is more or less how it happened. I, I didn't seek out this job. And I like I said, when when I was invited to apply, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to. do. I mean, obviously, I knew I'd love the Bearcats. It would be fun to a certain extent, but I wasn't sure how well, like, you know, hobby and, and career would mix. Um, but, yeah, it's cool to just do something uh because you enjoy doing it and then someone's like hey we should pay you to do that that was pretty sweet tough it's a tough time to compare anyone to joe rogan homer be careful <laughs> i put the clarifier in there prior to controversy all you know prior to controversy so guy guy just puts a thought out there right then gets, gets starts making millions of dollars you know spencer talking about getting paid millions of dollars by the university of cincinnati we had to find a way to, to work spencer into the plan for for getting luke fickle's extension you know that's 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 where we're at it's flattering and terrifying all at the same time so we'll go with the flattering route um dan to kind of take it back to you so you and spencer come aboard uc athletics back in 2019 um so clearly at that point in time there's a concerted effort to kind of make this push in the creative space 
And mm -hmm. so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, maybe it's a twofold question. What was your vision heading into this in terms of what you wanted the UC creative team to look like, but also how did you see it fitting into college sports at that time? And, and I feel like it's only gotten bigger since, but like, how do, what is your view on the importance of a creative digital presence when it comes to college sports these days? Oh man, you have to be. I mean, you, you absolutely have to be. And as far as like the trajectory of it, I mean, I remember 2012-ish, you know, creating some, some art and they became the posters for the season, right? I don't, I don't think there was a designer on staff. So uh, to me, we're not that far removed from that. And I can remember looking at, you know, school social accounts and team accounts and, you know, kind of thinking of it as like, you know, feels pretty weak. Like the, you know, it's not, it wasn't um, certainly not to the level it is now. Like you can look across the board you know, every school in the country, you look at all of F FBS and with few exceptions, like there's talent all over the place and, and schools are really taking, expressing their brand and their voice very seriously. And it, it's a way, I mean, it extends through so much. It extends to people who want to buy tickets, people who are just care about your you know your teams like it's it's um it's endless there's there's so there's so much to communicate anyway and then beyond that um too my little girl's crying like crazy right now i can hear her over these headphones um, <laughs> it's bedtime um but uh you know the importance of it is is i mean really i, I can't I can't think of you not taking it very seriously and building your creative group with, um, you know, the mission to be able to impact, you know, recruiting and uh, the development of uh, your teams and, you know, the, the athletes that are on campus. I mean, that's like our, that's our number one, um, you know, charge really is to, you know, take care of the student athletes that, that are there. <clears throat> But, um, you know, when I came on board, it was just months before Spencer did. And even at that time, our team was pretty small. Heck, I think even now our team, comparative to, to others in the nation, is pretty small. We all stretch ourselves, I think. And it's, and it's good for us. And I, I think, you know, selfishly, I think we're, we're the best. And um, when I got on board, it was... You know, I got to look at graphic design for the department and to kind of take care of the brand and how it's expressed through everything. Um, but uh, we really needed um, someone talented with a video camera. And that's where Eichel came in. And boy, it's extended our um, just our impact so, so much more. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's incredibly important. I mean, every day there's there's something else to communicate, and um, there's all kinds of fun things to do, like this throwback deal we just did. I mean, you need people who care and have talent behind all of that, and um, it cannot be underestimated at all. Well, you, you're setting it up perfectly to start getting into the the throwback night and everything that that project entailed. I'd like to hear more about it. Obviously, the Bearcats took a tough defeat at the hands of Memphis, and and let's let's not dwell on the result of the actual game. Let's 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 instead celebrate the aesthetics of the game and and the scoreboard and the and the cups and the jerseys. And you know, Spencer, when you come aboard, I'm curious if this is the type of project that you sort of saw yourselves bringing into, you know, the athletics department where, Hey, we're not just going to have a retro Jersey. I mean, teams do that all the time, right? You get these throwback jerseys and that's part of it, but you really made it sort of this all encompassing experience for fans where you're watching the video that's sort of getting you hyped about it, where it's, it's got, I think Hensley and Mike Saunders and Odie, 
and mm-hmm. it's got the the exact type of music you would expect during the seventies, and it's got the the sort of uh, the aesthetic in terms of how the footage is showing. I don't have all the technical video terms, but you know, it looks different than than a, a yeah. twenty twenty two video would look. Um, is this? Tell me about your involvement in that project and sort of you know things that maybe fans who weren't in the arena didn't get to appreciate, but but should know about with that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean. Um... I was telling someone this, like, this is, you know, not the most important thing I've worked on here, but I think it's probably, you know, sort of the most gratifying, like, this is like right in my wheelhouse. Like, this is what I'm pumped about. Like I even went back and found like some tweet I had from 2012 or 2014, maybe where I was like, I want these jerseys. (laughs) And so, um, uh, when, when coach Miller got here, he's like, Hey, uh, I'd like to have another Jersey maybe a throwback would make sense. Um, and so we were looking at a couple and then, um, I was like, Hey, look at these, maybe check this out. Look over here. Um, and so, uh, they were like, cool. If, if that's what you guys think is best, go for it. Um, and so then it was like, this was like last April. Um, and it was like May or June and I'm like working on score graphics. Like I was ready to go. I was so hyped. Um, (laughs) So we just, we just knew that like, you know, these sorts of opportunities don't come up every year necessarily. Um, And, and when you get them, you, you may only get them once. Like who knows when we're going to be wearing the cast jerseys again. Like, I don't, um, anyway, so we knew that if we were going to do it, we had to just go all out. And so that's sort of what everyone did. And, you know, it's one of those things where you can sort of see the, the passion uh, of our team. I feel like there's a lot of people in our office who, not only are good at what they do, but are just like real Bearcats fans. Um, and so I, I feel like we brought sort of a level of detail to it that like you would only get if, if like you cared enough to be like, I'm a fan and this is what I want it to look like. Um, so we went all out. Like we were in the armory, we were taking pictures of what the old scoreboard looked like. Uh, we were recreating that in Photoshop. And then uh, Connor Boyle, who does a lot of our motion stuff, built that to actually function on the video board, which I don't even know how that works. I handed this kid a Photoshop file, like running all over. And we did the videos and we went back and like looked at old ticket ads from the Inquirer and recreated those. It was, I mean, the the number of pieces we did for this was probably overkill, but I thought it was so fun. A couple a, a couple questions for you here. With, with those Cats jerseys, you mentioned not knowing if we're going to be able to use them again. Is it, is there like a big hurdle for the, the, the guys just to say, you know what, tonight, let's just throw the cats jerseys on. I don't know. I think this staff, I think is a little bit more like, I think as we've seen earlier in the year, like the wearing the red jerseys, like they're, they're a little bit more like free and loose with like how they like to wear uniforms. You know, Mick was like, we wear white at home. We were black on the road. We were, we were red on senior day. And this, this staff is, is not nearly that strict about it. Um, so I don't know. We're, we're slated to wear them again on senior day, which is Saturday the 26th. Everyone should go to that game if you didn't get a chance. Sell it out. Especially Sell against it out. Memphis. Sell it out. Um, we're not planning to wear them before then, but, I mean, they might. I feel like who knows. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> who knows if they throw them on during the AAC uh, championship in uh, Fort Worth too. I don't know. There but we go. Now we're talking. Like to see them. Like to see them some more. Like to see a win in them. And um, yeah, the the buy-in on this thing was so much so much fun. Like everybody on our team got their hands on it and gave it everything they had. Like Connor destroyed those video boards. It was just awesome to to be there last night and see every detail coming across you know spencer was doing this stuff in april <laughs> you know, we we were on it and and the you know we kept on developing and and um have we announced the button thing yet spencer i'm going to give that away we can you're you're happy yeah, you're free to announce it right now you're free to announce you know it right but now. you know there's great little details six people through all of this yeah <laughs> six <listeners. laughs> <laughs> um 
yeah, these, uh, you know, they used to give on right now. buttons. You, I think <laughs> buttons are kind of an antiquated thing to, to give away, but they're fun. You know, it, uh, um, we'll give them, they're, I think it's like the first 5,000 or so fans at the USF game will get one, but um, the, uh, yeah, everybody really um, embraced it. And I think, you know, you, you go all in on something like this because you, you have to nail it. I think you have to nail it. Like, I just think about what, what's UniWatch going to say about when they see these things hit the floor? Like, you can't, you can't have your details off. And what's beautiful about the 70s thing to me is um, it's kind of like, if you go back and look at those jerseys and everything that, that they wore at that time, it's very like, it's like perfectly imperfect. It's so classic and simple. But if you look at one jersey to the next, I mean, if you look at a team photo of them, the way that it's laid onto the jersey on one guy, it's not going to be exactly the same as it is on the next guy to him. So how do you identify exactly what that cat script should be in its like perfect form for it to be replicated across retail and everything? There really isn't. You know, you you kind of um, take, take the best of it and craft it to be, um, you know, is the best expression of itself that it could be. And there's just so many pieces. That, that was the other fun thing about this is we haven't really seen it. Like you might see the little ratty bear cat on some, some gear. Um, I call him the little ratty bear cat. Um, he, uh, it's got that like fat tail and He's got that exactly you know, what you're talking about. face gone, but you know, he's on the shorts, you know, so we created him on the shorts for the Jersey. They, and it's not him. Oh, it's not him. He's, oh, he's, not him. He's holding up. <laughs> like it's the, if you look at the shorts from this game, that's, you know, you see it on here. This is another version of him Yes. on the cup. So there's a different one on the shorts. The same logo, different version. Everywhere. It's different. That's the thing. When we dove into this, it's like, None of, none of them, make, it's, there's no standard for what this thing was supposed to be. So, you know, when I look at the shorts from the seventies, it didn't have a tail on it. Every time you see him in the public eye now, he's got a little tail on him. And then this guy on the court, the version they put on the court had a tail on him and he had yellow eyes and eyebrows and stuff. Like there's all these old details all over the place. So I'm like, hell let's recreate all of it like the, the one on the floor let's use them let's and and it's so much fun like we got an email from the guy's son the guy who painted that bear cat on the floor of the armory emailed asking you know i don't know if my dad created the logo do you know i don't i wish i knew you know i wish i knew who created all this stuff originally because it's so much fun bringing it back to life and to see it, to see everybody wearing the cat shirt last night. And I can't wait for more of this stuff to roll out and retail. Um, should be coming this month, should be a little bit more, but um, you know, we, we had so much fun bringing things back to life that really hadn't even been out there yet. And um, it's one of my, it's gotta be a top five project for me easy in my whole life. It's it, it's an extremely cool project, and and hearing you guys describe all the all the details is what really made it special. I mean, the uniforms themselves are very nice looking, and I actually appreciate hearing you, Dan, say, you know, we care what Uniform Watch says, and I I, I care about the social feedback on this. And the first thing that popped into my head was back from 2016, and Steph Curry and Under Armour dropped these. I think the 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 term I remembered for it was the shuffleboard lows, and they're being compared to like dad shoes. You know, get, go oh, get these yeah. for your dad for Christmas. <laughs> They're these all white, yeah. extremely bland shoes. And I'm thinking like, you know, there's obviously a bunch of smart people and talented people in Under Armour's creative room, like designing these shoes with Steph Curry and they care about them and they roll it out and they get absolutely clowned. And I always wonder, like, do the people who are designing <laughs> these, like, how do they react behind the scenes? You are that guy, you know, doing doing a design and, and you do care and you and you want people and fans to be excited about it. And I'm sure you really want the players and the team to be excited about it. What was the reaction from, from the guys that about this project, the uniforms and everything that went into it? Spencer, maybe you take that one. 
Uh, yeah, we we actually have a little bit, a little video of the guys reacting to. It. We should put that out before the next game. Um, they were like universally uh, into it. It was cool to see, and it's funny. Uh, I feel like that's how you know you did a good job or you picked the right jersey or whatever. Because none of these guys, they're not UC historians. They don't know who Lloyd Batts is. But they walked in. They're like, "Oh, this is so cool! Like we're into it. This is great." It only says the cats. Why does it say that? Um, so they loved it, um, and it was it was cool to see their reaction to, um, especially in the middle of the season, because um, they didn't see him until I think the morning or or a couple of days before we we put out the video we shot in the armory. So they were pretty um, pretty late in the process, but it was it was cool to see their excitement. Speaking of the armory. Uh there was a lot of, a lot of feedback on Twitter when you guys dropped these and with the, with this, the armory, the background, how you guys were, 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 you know, you're talking about the attention to detail, you know, the, the, the cat being painted, but they're also talking about, you know, how the cats was, was painted onto the, under the seat. How, how much, how many people does the armory currently sit? How many fans can you pack into the armory? <laughs> uh, so there's no, like all the, like the lower bowl, like doesn't exist anymore. Like there are, there are bleachers on, you know, four sides of the lower ball. Those are all gone. And so there's only um, the upper decks. The place only sat 6,000 people when it was like operational. And now it's missing, I don't know, 4,000 of those seats. Like I'd be surprised you get that 2,000 people in there. There's on each side, there's maybe 10 rows of, right. of bleachers. That's why we can't do <laughs> student only game there. <laughs> I wish it'd be so cool, but that, that place is not in any, any sort of shape to, uh, to host uh, members of the public. Major liability yeah. issues. It sounds like, it sounds like, you know, you could fit 2000 people in there, but uh, you're going to have a national incident on your hands. <laughs> One can dream about fixing that place up. It's just, it's really interesting to walk into because that, <laughs> that clock and that UC Bearcats, I mean, it's just been hanging there for, what, 40-plus years ever since they played their last game there, just untouched. Yeah, they haven't played a game there since 76. And, so, like, the clock and the scoreboard's still hanging in there. So the Reds won their third World Series. <laughs> yeah, the last time that anybody set foot in there. Well, I mean, for, for a real basketball game, just nuts. What was making me kind of think about it, or like the dream, I guess I was having when people on Twitter were, were suggesting, Hey, let's do a student only event. There is, you know, we took the trip to follow the Bearcats up to Connecticut one year and, you know, not every game is played at Gamble Pavilion on Connecticut's campus. They split them between the XL center and downtown Hartford in stores. And I was like, Oh, well that would actually be kind of cool. If you had a, an event or a, a venue that you only use for, you know, special events where you wanted that more, you know, not that fifth is actually a very intimate atmosphere already, but you know, where, where you're just getting 4,000 students packed in there, just going to be loud, absolutely crazy. And you just want to send, you know, you want to send Houston back shaking because they're so terrified of being near so many students. I'd love to do something like that. I, I can't imagine the cost involved in, in rehabbing a building that, you know, was built in yeah. 52, 54. But I mean, if I came into a hundred million dollars, that's where I'm putting it. <laughs> so Carl, any other billionaires listening? Uh, it's a much, there's a, there's a good value proposition there uh, to start, you know, contributing to the, to that next level success fund and uh, clean it up for the big 12. <laughs> that's right. So let me ask you about kind of your, so you've got this, this team, we've talked about the projects now, and we should say this is like the second big set piece for lack of a better word, you've got the let it fly project for the football team. This feels like the first, the second like set piece you guys have done. Um, maybe, maybe there's others I'm missing, but from a fan perspective, outside looking in, those are the two things that have really resonated in terms of like an all hands on deck, massive project. And I feel like let it fly might've had even a shorter fuse um, based on just turnaround time, but it might've been more difficult logistics logistically um, on the Jersey side. How does the work you do or, or can the work you do integrate itself into what you see and what the Bearcats athletic department can do from like an NIL perspective? Like, do you, is there, is there a place for indirectly or directly for the work you do impacting what the Bearcats can do on that side of things? And it might not be NIL specific, but it's like recruiting or, or kind of generating that excitement for 
the next wave of athletes, athletes to join UC. Do you see yourself fitting into that picture at all? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff we do, I mean, it's pretty rare that I'm, you know, hands-on involved in recruiting and, and never for football, um, only basketball. But I feel like the, the way we sort of look at it is like the better image we can put out there, the more all that like stuff, you know, will improve. Like if you got a good presence, you got a huge social media account, you got great video and graphic design, um, you know, recruits will see it. you get better recruits. They have a bigger platform because of the school's platform. They get better NIL deals and sort of happens that way. I don't, I don't know that we necessarily sit down and think of like, you like, know, how is this going to help? Well, yeah, let me, let me clarify. Let me be a little more specific. Have you thought of ways that you can incorporate Luke Fickle twerking on recruits in the future? <laughs> like, is that, is that, is that something that, that has crossed your mind or you spitballed any ideas like that? Or is that just an LSU Brian Kelly thing? No comment. Yeah, that might. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned next week. Incoming. <laughs> Oh, I love Brian Kelly, so I'd love to do uh, anything he's done. <laughs> hey, you know, if, if it works, I guess. Um, I'm not even sure what to take it from there. I apologize, fellas. That's I, I threw myself <laughs> off with uh, with. <laughs> so I think there was a natural a natural transition here because I think one of the next questions we had, if you guys actually thought about, you mentioned NIL, uh, but is there like anything that you guys are trying to do to incorporate, you know, NIL or maybe raising funds? There was a a piece put out yesterday on the athletic regarding the university of Tennessee kind of shedding light to them, just openly saying, Hey, we're trying to raise internally raise a fund, you know, of $25 million annually to fund NIL deals. And, you know, kind of how that's, that's not even the largest one that, that people assume that's out there, you know, with, with the, the rest of the sec. Uh, is there anything that you guys are, are trying to do to integrate NIL into, into our marketing strategy? Uh, that's probably a better question for John Cunningham. I'm not really sure where his head's on that stuff. I know we haven't been brought into into any like uh, slush fund conversation yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's Carl. It's, Carl, where are you, Carl? It really is the wild, wild west out there. I think it's funny it's to just crazy. kind of mention it's it's absolutely bonkers what's happening yeah. in terms of like all the money just coming to the surface because the money's existed yeah. in some way, shape, or form. It's been funneled to to families or athletes or administrators like there's there's money all over the place in college sports but now seeing it all rise and seeing you know like the university of miami down in florida like just like, guns blazing right like the the crypto yeah. the crypto team like they're just going buck wild with you know we're going to take oregon's coach and how about michigan's offensive coordinator um and then you hear about texas a&m's war chest like it's just a it is a wild wild yeah. west and I'm not sure like the creative team is directly involved, but it is, you know, I'm sure that the athletic department thinks about like this holistic effort of all hands on deck to compete in this new world uh, of college sports. I mean, look at what we just did. Uh, You were talking about where, you know, where money came from. Luke Fickle just got a really nice pay increase. We also got a a nice pay increase for our assistant pool. If I'm not mistaken, I, I think someone was telling me that puts us into the top 25 in terms of like total coaching you know, pull for, you know, that's, that's not insignificant when you think about where we were just, you know, last year. Right. Yeah. So we have the set pieces, we have the let it fly project. We have the throwback uniforms night, I guess the obvious question, and, and maybe I should make it even more specific and allude to one of the questions we got from, from one of our Twitter uh, followers, which was Nick Moscato. And he said, after last night's basketball throwbacks, what era of football uniforms would you like to see get a throwback? Has, has that has that conversation happened? Or it, or if it hasn't, do either of you sort of have the that experience with a past team or or looking through archives like I know Spencer's doing on the regular for for a football uniform throwback or or an, a throwback that's inspiring um, a new uniform or helmet of sorts? I think there's certainly. Um uniforms that we all like from the past and you know when we when we do these special things i think we like to have some real um true rationale for why we're you know why we're dipping back into the 70s or why you know a couple years ago the football did throwbacks um 
it was a Miami game, right? Um, yeah. But you know, it's kind of a classic matchup. It's kind of it's the right time to to do that, I think. And it was you know the 150th anniversary of college football. The like a lot of nice storyline tie-ins with the um, purpose for doing it. Um, and you know, some of our football history isn't you know there might be some nice uniforms but maybe we weren't the greatest when we were wearing them i don't know is it the right to get back into some of those things um yeah i i can think of a few right off the top of my head that i like um but uh it's hard to say which one really uh, goes to the top for me football was i mean i loved the the 50s ones that we did a couple of years ago i i thought those were perfect i i love helmets without logos on them i thought that was a super clean look um i don't know as as far as what i'd like to see next i've always been a big fan of like the late 90s ones like they were like the humanitarian bowl and like the upset against uh wisconsin they're just super simple just black yeah and red white stripes along the sleeves i thought i love those i'd love to bring those back but it sounds like you guys, it, the decision-making isn't just like, let's do a, a throwback uniform for the sake of doing a throwback uniform. It's what's the story behind it? Does it make sense? Yeah. How are we incorporating? How are we bridging the gap between that past team and the current team and where we are as a program? Right, right, right. And and uh, so much of it is just coaches. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, if Fickle has uniform, uh, you know, changes on his mind. about that. <laughs> He doesn't to me. I don't know. I could be wrong. He might like him for recruiting. So I don't know. I, I mean, I guess sort of the answer there is that if if we come upon an anniversary that makes sense or if one day Fickle decides that um, he thinks it'd benefit the program to have throwbacks, that's, that's probably when we'll do it next. What about what about incorporating like a throwback into like a new a new design a la like the 2006 uh, Ford Mustangs? You know where they they took that kind of that '60s retro, mashed it with with the the new body. Take that '50s uniform, put some of that new that new splash on it. That Dan and, Phillips and something retro. That Dan now. Phillips twist, a little splash, a little sprinkle. That's an interesting idea. Um, that, that kind of thing uh, can work. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think another. Um, part of all this is we had certain uniform providers at different times and to, you know, call upon certain designs from, you know, all right. So for example, like no question, everybody loves Jordan. You know, if you, if you talk to the fan base, everyone wants Jordan to come back. All right. So we can't really do, we can't really do a throwback with, a Jordan jersey, in my opinion, because it's not going to have a Jordan logo on it. You know, it doesn't make sense. Like, who wants an Under Armour jersey that looks like one of the Jordan jerseys? It's it's one little thing, but it makes a huge difference. It doesn't make sense. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think that would be it. Would be a strange vibe. It would be a strange aesthetic to say, "Yep." Especially, you know, if a new imagine if a new deal comes up and Under Armour is no, no longer in the picture, and all of a sudden it's, it's, hey, we're doing Jordan Throwback Night, presented by New Balance. This is it. Yeah, that's really what. No, what, the, what are you talking about? You know, like, <laughs> it would just be get out, get you get do have to strike a balance with that. You're 100 percent right because like you guys or the university came out. I think it was three or four years ago where they they started re-releasing that kind of 19 the late 90s early 2000s Cincinnati script. Mm-hmm. on on the t-shirts and i'm pretty sure those sold like hotcakes i have two of them in my closet and oh, they're awesome white i had to go rebuy it because i pit stained it out <laughs> so it's like you know it's just um, I, we like those shirts we like that script it was a good one you know and that, that you know that bled into the jordan era right but at that time the 91 92 team wasn't directly tied to those outfitters so it's like that was something that we could really sink our teeth into at the time and it, hell everybody loves that stuff i mean it's beautiful <laughs> i love that old sea paw i love the new sea paw i love all of it it's all fantastic <laughs> just love is the bear you're wearing is that is that an old sea paw is i'm trying to no it's not it's um 
you know, a lot of these old new era hats had like the little key, little key line around the edge. You don't yeah. see that too much, but uh, they were hot for, for doing that. Uh, well, I got to get myself while. one of those new era ones. I haven't, I haven't been able to, I haven't found those. Or I guess I haven't looked hard enough. They're not really at the bookstore anymore. Or I think you got to go down to Cooks when they Cooks. do a plug for Cooks. They got some nice new era hats down here. That's where I got mine. I don't, I don't know if they if they new era stopped making college hats or what. But I I went to like replace mine. I was like, they don't exist anymore. I might feel like I'm losing my mind. Um, but I found them downtown. So. <laughs> On, on the topic of sort of the this this theme of throwbacks and talking about the history in the past, Spencer, you've been doing this this Black History Month sort of recognition series throughout the month of February. Uh, you did yeah. a piece on London Gantt, which was super interesting because I had never even heard of him. So I, that was something that was all new to me across the board. Um, it includes some, you know, to put it bluntly, you know, just devastatingly, you know, tragic details about having to sit out games against southern opponents who refused to play against right. uh, an african-american player um then you moved on and i think you told a story about cheryl cook uh, who was the first and only female basketball player to have her jersey retired who on on her jersey retirement night uh every fan in the stadium i think got a box of cookies i thought that was just that was one of, one of the one of the funnier details do you know what kind of cookie it was i'd love to know um but i was so pumped i like every time I write something, I like, there's gotta be something in there. That's like, Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. And so that was one of them for Cheryl Cook. I was pretty hyped when I found that out. So in, in going back through that or, or through these, you know, previous athletes, and I imagine there may be another athlete or two coming. I don't know. I'm not going to sign right. you up for additional work, but you know, going back through this history, if there's something on the cutting room floor with either of those athletes or someone that you have learned about that you may not be writing about in a formal way, but just, interesting tidbits you've learned over the years about some of the great uh, black athletes in UC history. Yeah. So um, there is probably going to be more coming. I don't want to commit to too much, um, but yeah, London Gann is someone I found out about a few years ago. Actually that believe it or not is a leftover of varsity story idea that I never got to. Um, and I always found his story fascinating. I mean, his, his grandma was a slave. He, moved to Toledo and just immediately was like LeBron James. Like it was incredible. He was just dominating every sport. Um, and then he gets to Cincinnati and they tell him, Hey, by the way, uh, the team we're playing doesn't want to play against a black player. So you got to sit out. And like that happened, you know, and games at Kentucky, but there's games at Nippert. This kid's at his home stadium and they wouldn't let him play. It's like horrible stuff. And I, right. and I, I feel like those are just stories that need to be told. Um, just because they, you know, for a while they were normal. And then for a while after that, I think there's sort of this mentality where you just sort of bury it. Like that's, a, a, it looks bad for us. Like let's not even talk about it. Um, but, you know, those are things you learn from it. It's, this wasn't that long ago. Um, you know, and, and same with, uh, you know, some of the Oscar stuff we told last year. I mean, this was when my parents were alive, like, and he's, we're playing, you know, Texas Southern and he's not allowed to stay in the team hotel. He's got to, he's got to go and, and stay at a, in the dorm at some black university, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love doing this stuff. Um, you know, anytime you go back in, into the history books and sort of pull out a story that people might not be familiar with, um, that's the story that gets me excited. Um, yeah. So anyway, to answer your question, um, when we were doing this, we actually found um, a video on Getty Images uh, of London Gantt. Um, and so if you watch the video we put out at the beginning of the month, there's a tiny little clip in there, uh, but there's more. So I, we should probably put that out before the end of the month. Um, I thought that was super cool. There's not much video we have of you know the 30s anyway, but for me to sort of research and write this all out and then like, oh, wow, there he is. You know kicking the football that's that was really cool when you compare I, the, the most recent definition of greatness that i've really appreciated was sort of like how did you dominate in the context of your era rather than like trying to put everybody in different eras it's sort of like were you so ahead of your time that you could have we could easily see you placed into the future and if so that probably does capture how great you were it's why jordan is so great because everyone can still see him playing today where it's like I, you know i've i see jeff hornacek like that 
that's not working today. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, a bad version of, of Seth Curry. Um, but, you know, London Gant, by the descriptions, and the, again, there's not a lot of video. you got some photographs. You have the records and the, and the accolades in terms of how he dominated every sport. There's probably a case to be made that's the greatest or one of the greatest athletes to ever come through uni- University of Cincinnati. Right. And I mean, he's, he's was like, you know, the Bo Jackson of his era where it's like, how is this guy real? Um, I mean, just, I've, I've read a lot of, you know, stuff of old newspaper articles on, on athletes and sort of everyone back then sort of like, you know, drama, drama size, everything like made everybody seem incredible. But like the way people wrote about London Gantt was like on another level. Like when, when he graduated from Sandusky high school, they were saying like, we're glad we don't have to play this dude anymore. Like as good as he, they said, as good as he is, it may be his greatest benefit to his team is like basically how scared everyone was to play him. Like he would just ruin you mentally because he was just so good. Yeah, that's it. They're very cool stories. Um, I would recommend, I guess the best place people can find them. I found them on gobearcats.com follow your guys social and they, and they tend to, to post these stories when they come out. So I would, I would recommend following along for the rest of February and, and frankly, eternity. Um, let me get, let me hit you guys both with a few maybe quicker, more rapid fire type questions. But before um, we get to the rapid fire, I, sure. I want to do, I want to one plug here because we've been harping on this for almost two years now. When is <laughs> Steve Logan going to have his Jersey put up into the rafters? All right. When is that happening? That is above my pay grade. <laughs> I'd love to weigh in on on those types of decisions. Um, actually, maybe I wouldn't. There's there's a lot that goes into that type of stuff. Um, but no, that's I do not have that much influence. Well, let me just tell me number. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Put the jersey in the rafters. <laughs> we can ask Spencer a question that's not as specific, right? You can say, Spencer, are you more of a you want an extremely exclusive, very limited club in terms of the rafters, or do you want to see it as more of a celebration of, you know, some of the greatest players to ever grace fifth third arena, the shoemaker center. I mean, I see both sides of it. I, there's schools out there. I think, I think um, Illinois has sort of an interesting approach for I don't know that they like retire the jerseys, but they have like 30 jerseys hanging in the rafters of like players that they honor. So right. every school has sort of a different approach. Um, yeah, UC, I guess, has been historically a little bit more exclusive. A bit stingy. Um, National player right. of the year or bust. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's sort of the criteria right now, I guess. Right, and I, I have heard some of those ideas expressed over the last couple of years, and I, I'm very open to them. I think that it's the idea of just celebrating some of the greatness to come through Cincinnati is is essentially the idea, right? You know, even, the, even folks like, uh, you know, Amari Thomas's illustrious career with UC and, and dropping that 50 piece last season. Like there's some, you know, incredible athletes who have come through here and they don't always necessarily get lucky with the amount of winning based on the circumstances surrounding their, their, their time here, but it doesn't necessarily right. diminish their greatness at the time. So good question, yeah. Hummer. I'm glad you put the pressure on Spencer there to, to answer that question. It's a, it's a good problem to have though. I mean, it is. I'd rather be struggling with how to honor this many people than to be like, well, how do we come up with some Jersey to retire? So I want, I want from each of you to kind of share your currently, like just on the current roster. So Spencer, it sounds like you're primarily involved with men's basketball. So your, your answer may gravitate there. Dan, maybe you, if you have perspective across different sports, feel free to share it. But I'm curious as to who your favorite personality is on any of the current Bearcat teams. Oh, well, I guess he's graduating, but my Jay Sanders is my favorite, hands down. <laughs> my Jay's a crack up. I just love him, man. He he kills me. Uh, just some things he does after making tackles, and I don't know. He just had he just had energy, man. I just I just loved watching him. We got so lucky with football this year. I mean, the success is obvious, but just the personalities on the team, and and we got to sort of be embedded a little bit. We're doing we're doing light of fly stuff, and some of the answers these guys are giving us were just absolutely hilarious. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't thank the coaching staff enough for just giving us free reign and, and trusting us. Um, so we, I mean, just stick a camera in front of some kid's face and see what he says. All these kids, I think it's easy to forget all these are just college kids. And so they're crack up. I mean, sauce comes in and he's wearing a, a ski mask for some reason. It's like, <laughs> Hey man, you want to, 
you want to take that off for your interviews? No. Nah. Cool. We're wearing a ski mask. <laughs> it was a ski mask with like a white tank top in, yeah. <laughs> in a theater. Was it in a theater at the time too? Like a CCM theater? It, it was, was in it like one of, the, one of the lecture. It's, there's a lecture hall in, in the okay. lecture center. We were in there. Um, yeah. He had, he had the ski mask, the, uh, the tank top, and then the sauce chain. It was an incredible look. And the best part was there was never an explanation for it. And there didn't need to be. No. But I did see the ski mask made its way through the college football playoff. Like that was being worn the entire time. We weren't seeing his face any longer. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a big mind day, uh, fashion piece uh, for about a month there. Spencer, do you have someone on the men's basketball team who you just think is, is uh, you know, especially dynamic or charismatic or just someone that, that's making you laugh on a day-to-day when, when covering the team like you are? Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's really like football. There's, there's so many guys that are hilarious. I think Victor Locken has his own, his own brand of comedy that kills me. Um, AJ is really funny. Every AJ is funny. Um, people may not see him as much just because, um, he's, he's been hurt and he's sort of a role player this season. Um, you know, Mason's funny. Just the, the way the guys interact, there's, there's a great camaraderie on the team. So, a lot of it is just watching them play off each other. It's it's really cool to see in, in press conferences and stuff like that. Love seeing Mason Madsen at like the game day celebrations and like you know he's he's truly embracing not only being a college basketball player but the college experience itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like he I don't know obviously we don't know him that well but you, it, I just feel like he might have that infectious type of personality that that he he kind of has the ability to make other players have fun and relax. Yeah. And he's the guy who's everywhere. Like he, he was at the, he went to the Notre Dame game. He was in the student section of like, I think maybe every home football game, he goes to all the women's basketball games. Like he's, he just loves being around. Here's a question from James Mahan on Twitter. And he was asking if you could have dinner with three UC athletes, past or present, who would it be and why Dan, I'll let you start. Three at the same time, or could you have three different dinners? You're going to have them all at the same time, and I just want to caution you: these have to be a UC athlete. We don't need any sort of dictators from other countries, <laughs> or even maybe polarizing pop musicians. Let's just keep it to I UC. Saw that. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I'll tell you later, Dan. Okay. Um, yeah. You could have dinner with. I don't know. I, I'll tell you. I don't know if I have three. I don't know if I can meet that criteria. Yeah, you, you make Cashmere number. Wright is like one of my favorite <laughs> Bearcats of all time. I love, love Cashmere Wright. He, I don't know. He just, um, he, he just is always smiling. I love the way he played. Like I felt like he was just had like the heart on that team. And um, he had this interview. I don't know. You guys maybe remember it, but we lost to the Presbyterian Blue Hose and he was doing a media or something like during practice that week. I, you can find it on YouTube or something, but he, he just cracked me up to no end talking about how, um, you know, like Coach Cronin was like reminding us of the Blue Hose. You know, like <laughs> they were in trouble. And he just had this, I just thought he had the best personality. And uh, yeah, I love Cashmere, right? Every time I see Cashmere Wright, I'm like, that's, that's my man. I love him. So oh, where I'm you, a big Cashmere fan. Where are, you going and, where are you going to eat then? Pick your, pick your Cincinnati spot that you and Cashmere are having dinner. Mm. Where are we going to dinner? I would do it up. We'll go to a Ruby restaurant. Let's do that. Classy. Very this classy. This episode brought to you by Jeff Ruby's. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get us a free burrow topping. Spencer, what about, what about you? Who are you having dinner with? Uh... I mean, I am like maybe the world's biggest Gary Clark fan. I love that kid. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think I maybe was only in school his freshman year. Um, but, you know, you, you won't find a bigger Gary Clark fan than I am. Um, so any chance to hang out with Gary, I would seize. Um, you know, there's a lot. I'm, I, my list is probably too long of like, just people I've, I've learned about who I'd fascinated by. Jack Twyman would probably be on there. Jack Twyman has a super fascinating story. Um, you know, I'd love to just talk to him about, you know, what, you know, why he, he did some of the very cool things that he did. 
Um, uh, London game would be on there for sure. I mean, talk about life experience, um, sort of, you know, all ends of the spectrum from, you know, huge high school star on the national stage, um, you know, great in college, but, you know, lots of discrimination and then sort of has his career derailed by some horrible string of injuries. Um, I think he'd be fascinating to talk to. I heard no mention of Quadri more that will upset the quad squad. We know they're out there listening. So well, I got two spots for dinner. He can come along. There you go. That's kind hey, of you, Dan. I was at one point a member of the quad squad, I believe. So <laughs> what'd you leave it for? Um, I didn't know they were still meeting, honestly. <laughs> Just stop paying his dues. <laughs> I guess I'm, I guess my membership lapsed. I didn't membership realize. Lapsed. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's unfortunate. Um, you know, Hummer, do you have any, I, I, I don't have too many other sort of, you know, hard hitting pressing questions here. Do you have any, any final thoughts or, or things you wanted to get off your chest or ask Spencer or Dan? You know, I, I feel like the, the, for me, the wrap up here is when, when Coomer and I first started his podcast, it was, you know, 2019. Was it 2019 or was it 20? I can't remember. It was 2019. 2019. And I think we were actually having a conversation about, you know, UC's media department, where it stood. And, and we were just comparing it to other universities. And I remember going over to Duke's website and, you know, it was incredible. You're like, oh, this is awesome. You had highlights, you had hype videos, you had this and that. And we, we kept wondering, I think we even added, like we went at John Cunningham or whoever at the time, like what's going on, you know, and kind of criticizing. And the next thing you know, you know, you guys are brought on board and I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head. And we said, we're a small team, but you think you're the best. Well, I think you are too. Like you guys have really done a, a tremendous job of making, you know, just cool interactive content that we all crave as fans. And so my, my parting take would be, thank you. Thank you guys for doing what you do. Thank you for the hard work that you put in because I enjoy watching and, and consuming every piece of content that you guys put out. Thank you. That's, That's awesome. Th thank you. I mean, there's, there's certainly more than just the two of us here. We, um, we can't do it without, uh, you know, Eichel and Connor and uh, Lexi and Eric and uh, hell, we got, we got an intern list a mile long that are just so talented. Um, Including Griffin who can dunk. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted me to tell you he can dunk. Yeah. Yeah. Griffin's real good. Um, video or it didn't happen. <laughs> you hear that, Griff? Produced video, video. like very like top notch Bearcats digital quality video. And don't like lower the hoop down either yeah. for right. this. Um, yeah, we we truly love everybody on on the team, and they um, they really give it give it everything they've got. You know, it means a lot to everybody. We we take this thing very seriously. And, um, and we have a lot of fun doing it um, at the same time. So people are enjoying it. It means the, I think it means the world to us. Well, it has been fantastic. Hummer's, Hummer's right on the money there. In terms of where to follow your work and, and what accounts to follow, do you have any, anything you want to plug or share in terms of where people can find all of the great Bearcats digital work online? I would, I would urge people to follow the individual sport accounts. Um, I feel like, um, you know, the, the main account had like a, has had like a historic run this past year and, um, you know, follow, follow volleyball, follow, um, those other sports where we're, I think we're giving each, each sport a level of, um, care that it maybe has never had before. So, um, yeah, I, I would follow go Bearcats and all those individual sports accounts, sport accounts. What's one more account to follow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Those, those accounts are great. And I think you're kind of getting in on the ground level with some of these sports that you're going to see grow and get bigger and get more money invested into them as we head into the big 12. Like I think there's several of these sports that you're going to see become a much bigger deal in Cincinnati um, among the fan base. Cause it, it has been driven by basketball. It's been driven by football. Uh, but you can see that the baseball team is doing some exciting things and they've had some runs recently. Um, women's basketball have had a blast following them this, these past couple of seasons. So 
um, I, I definitely recommend getting in on the ground level as we head into the Big 12. And, and you know what? My bad. I, there was a question. There was a final question I was supposed to ask you guys, and, and I completely forgot. So final fan question, Justin Nutting. I hope that's a real last name. Uh, he, he asked, when, <laughs> when is Ovarsity coming back? Spencer, this one's for you. When is Ovarsity coming back? Um, all right. I mean, I get this question a lot. Um, you know, what? I'll give you guys the exclusive. So, uh, to make a long story short, 